Welcome to the IoT Security Podcast, powered by Phosphorus Cybersecurity, your source for securing the extended Internet of Things. Join the conversation with your hosts, Brian Contos and John Vecchi. Well, hello, everybody. You're listening to the IoT Security Podcast live on Phosphorus Radio. I'm John Vecchi. And I'm Brian Contos, and we've got an amazing guest today. We wanted to have him on the show for uh, pretty much since we started. His name is John Lee, a.k.a. John Threat. You might know you. him from his days in MOD or Masters of Deception. Welcome, John. Welcome. What's up? What's up? It's good to be here. All right. It's amazing to have you finally. Yeah, man. You And you've got an amazing, such an interesting background. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to share with our uh, our listeners, what was the great hacker war, man? Tell us a little bit about that. Let, let's just start <laughs> oh, off wanna, there. You want to just start in raw? Just jump, jump, jump right, right in. in. <laughs> You're not legions like, of doom, the up. whole thing. We want, we want it all, man. You got to grease me up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, let me see where I should start. Well, first of all, I can't jump directly into that. I have to say, can we just talk about what hacking used to be, maybe the world that I come from? Yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. Start at at your beginning. Let's start it. Let's set the stage. All right. So one thing is that I think there is a, a culture around hacking, right? Now, a lot of it you know, may seem invisible because it has turned into a billion dollar, you know, industry that sort of like, you know, lays over the hacker culture. But let's face it, the core of it, both the legal, illegal, gray area, breaking in, securing, chasing hackers, forensics, all of that, all that still really originates with the original hacker culture. Yep. And that culture is like, I would say, it's interesting to me because it ran parallel to like punk skateboarding, hip hop, Mm -hmm, all of that just blot like curved out of like the counterculture of like the seventies. I was looking for a different thing. Yeah, there's some disco, but there was like emergent punk, hip hop, Mm -hmm. skateboarding. And along with that was hacker culture. More, you know, it was a set number of people every day going to college, getting on, you know, getting online on an ARPA man, on a youth man, on a blog, like as all that world you know, built up and it just kept expanding into the 80s, which was just, you know, that was like the crazy time. And that's when like I first started hacking, you know, all the way into, I guess, the present day. I mean, I consider myself still a hacker. Like, I mm-hmm. don't, you know, like people, I don't know, they talk about those stupid hats. I don't really wear hats. Like I break systems. That's, <laughs> that's what I do. I think um, like I never really ran away from it. I can't really run away from it, but it's also... To be honest, that's the sexy part about, you know, computer hacking and the culture was that, you know, that distilled part, the exploration of this entire, you know, this new ocean that just was created, a new ocean with islands in it that you could break into the systems and jump in. And like the first time, you know, I don't know about other people, right? I, you know, I happen to fall on the side of someone that broke into systems. But no matter what, it's it doesn't matter. Whenever you have a new exploration, it is like a tinkle goes down your spine. It's like an orgasm. The first time you drop into a system, that shit fucking rocks. Like mm-hmm. it just is amazing. And that's why, you know, some people get addicted, you know, to it. It's like chasing a high. 
But I think, you know, but ultimately, you know, like I said, whether you're legal or illegal, there is a thrill to that. And what's interesting about that, that I just want to build on is that for the security world, I think, you know, one of the things that I personally see and why, you know, there's a, there's a myriad of reasons companies get hacked, right? Or products or services. But one is that culturally inside of a lot of companies, including security companies, they forget what made it fun. Like once you're making a lot of money and you're checking your Chase account every day, refreshing, watching the numbers go up and paying your bills and your family, you forget what, what that magic that made it, made it pop for you. And when you don't keep that in the culture, that's the hacker culture. That's the part that made you get into it. That was the part mm -hmm. that was exciting. I'm going to be chasing hackers or I am a hacker or no matter what. But when that gets excised, what you get is a bored motherfucker and then people hack them. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I'm waiting for. Let's go right in. Boom, look at this motherfucker. He's busy. You know what I mean? Bored to death. Not keeping up on his skills, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Because it's boring for him now. But the thing is, is that there are ways to keep that culture going. It's just that, like, that gets excised. I totally understand why. You know, there's a bottom mm -hmm. line. There's no time for fun in work, although, you know, later on, they try, like, and when I say fun, like, yeah, you could have, like, a field day, but that's not the same as fun in hacker culture. Yeah. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, don't get me wrong, one-legged potato sack races, whatever that thing is from, like, <laughs> 1950s, you know what I mean? Work field days and stuff, like, that's not fun or going to a strip club or a bar and providing coke for your coworkers. That's not hacker culture that actually gets people to be fun and excited to fucking secure your product and secure the company. And I think that's always been, that's sort of missing. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me personally, that's why, like, I kind of delve into other things besides just security. Like, I'm more like, you know, I think, you know, that culture is, you know, that's a lot to, to take on. I mean, I think that's like a whole thing in itself. You know, mm -hmm. obviously there's conferences people go to where they have a lot of fun there. To me, that that part isn't maintained. And then I watch people get bored and I watch them slack off. And, you know, I don't blame them. And next thing you know, like I said, the systems are, are compromised because people weren't paying attention and not invested in what made it exciting for them to start the journey in security. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I, lo I love that background because you paint such a picture because I mean, hacking culture was and, and is sexy. And I, I look at something like compliance and regulatory mandates, which is like the flannel nightgown that was tra tra traped mm -hmm. over it. Right. And a lot of things have changed. But you're you're right. There's that thrill that I, I think back to, you know, so I was a skater as well and, and kind of got into it at the same time. And, you know, I remember listening to like Bad Brains and then going out and downloading Tone Loke and doing war dialing. And then later on, you know, playing with like Satan from uh, Dan Farmer and stuff like mm -hmm. that, like the early, early. That's actually how I learned how to program in Pearl was <laughs> because they're running Satan on a uh, uh, Spark OnePlus uh, Slayer nice. spot. But uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, though. There's that there's that spark that has, has definitely got diminished a little bit, right? Because real life kind of kicks in and it, that that fun part kind of misses. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's interesting, John, you know, I mean, we don't the, this podcast is powered by phosphorus uh the company you know that that kind of powers this podcast and and our founder we don't talk a lot about 
that the company on this podcast because we focus on guests like yourself. But as you know, I know you know the founders of, of Phosphorus and they're very much old time hackers like you in, at, at that time. And, and, and I think what's interesting, what you were saying is the idea that, that there, it's missing, right? And even if you look at the security landscape, I think you might agree. If you look out into some of those, some of the f- old founders of security today that have moved on to just build bigger companies, they're not even hacking anymore, right? I think the days of security leaders, especially CEOs, founders who are still really still that hacker mindset and having fun with it, that's hard to find today. Would you agree? 100%. Listen, if to be a CISO in the modern era, being a super hacker isn't like the number one thing. I think for a CISO nowadays, you know, there's so much of it is administration and, you know, like you said, regulatory and putting all the pieces in place, you know, um, management Mm -hmm. of, you know, assets and people resources and stuff. And, you know, understanding that. I'm not suggesting that. But just like, you know, the king, you need like a jester, just like, you know what I'm saying? You need, it, it can't just be all regulatory. It can't just be mm-hmm. just checklist security. It just can't be, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. There's retreats that are, it's great for morale, but there's a difference between morale and being passionate about hacking and security and you get that when you're young but then when it gets beat out of you you know what i'm saying and i think yes they get excited about building companies and the chess pieces that go there that's exhilarating Ah, i raised this money i talked to this person you know what i mean oh my god i got all this money i can hire all these smart people but but when we're talking about the actual you know day-to-day grind of keeping security ahead, staying a step ahead of, you know what I mean? Attackers, whether they're individuals or nation states at that point, you know, if, you know, you're chasing different dragons, yeah, yeah, right? Exercising I mean, that. Yeah. To yeah. me, when yeah. I look at the, at the space, you know, that's what I see. I see a lot of people fall asleep because they're bored. And like I said, that's an opportunity. So John, obviously you've been in the hacker world, you know, forever you probably came out of the womb Mm -hmm. involved in this world but uh you know going from someone that's like interested in computers and tech and then you're getting into the hacking side of things what was the bridge that brought you from that to actually becoming a member of mod masters of deception oh okay well hacking well i was breaking into a lot of systems and getting good at it right like you know i think you know, I think that was one of the things about the hacking group I was in and probably a lot of other hacking groups, but specifically the ones that mm-hmm. I joined um, had a lot like eight legged group machine and then MOD. A lot of that really had to do with there was like a litmus test of how good you were. It wasn't like it wasn't like a group of friends. Well, maybe the original MOD was like a core group of friends and I guess eight LGN, but ultimately, you know, they were like, well, we want to onboard more people, but they got to be good. And you know what I mean? And, you know, I just happened to be breaking into stuff left and right. I like specialized in a system that was like super secure at the time called Vax VMS. Yeah. So that like increased. There's a lot of them back then. So like, you mm-hmm. know, I like sort of increased the surface because only a few people specialize in that. 
Um, you know, obviously the market, you know, Unix ran away with the market, but I was able to like add that to the repertoire. Although, you know, I'm a, I use, uh, I say Unix, but Linux every day. But yeah, back then, and obviously like that, it's funny because then, mm-hmm. you know, both both of those systems took, uh, shaped a lot of the, um, well, actually all the systems of the telephone system, which is a big, you know what I mean? International network that was like, you know, part of the specialty of the hack group that I was in, yep. which, you know, conveyed a lot of power upon us. And, you know, to this day, only a few hackers have managed to do that, mm-hmm. you know, invade that specific network. And Were you um, on the phone freaking side too? Were you building blue boxes and red boxes and all that? Or were you more on no, the computer side? I kind of came after that. I was okay. more on the computer side and stuff. I do like, don't get me wrong. I explore SDR, like, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, don't tell anybody I got like fucking like a flipper yeah. on me at all times. But I think, you know, like I think at the time, at that particular time, mm-hmm. I wasn't that into like um, that. My my style of freaking, like I actually did more <laughs> social engineering on the freaking. Like uh-huh. I would be like on a payphone, call the operator, and then get her to like keep post forward yeah. and make a call for free. Mm-hmm. and stuff hopefully i didn't get anybody fired but i think yeah you know, i was pretty good at it and i think like um then like you can't even get an operator now that should be, that that dates me too like already like if you say just say it op- get an operator, operator find a payphone that does <laughs> right 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 like a right, young person exactly. would be like what's an operator do you mean like you know what i mean plus signs what are you talking about we have I one pay phone left here in san francisco and it doesn't even have the uh the receiver left on it i think it's more uh, of a monument than anything else <laughs> yeah 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 i saw they removed the pay phone i used to you know use the acoustic <laughs> coupler on as a kid like yeah. near where i lived at. i was sad and stuff but you know, I meant to take it and bring it home, but got acoustic couplers. If somebody sneezes, you lose your connection. <laughs> I know that was so great, yeah. man. But it was deathifying. It was like, and you, you know what I mean? To me, that was so much fun. Like the just keeping. It, it's funny that just keeping it. Well, actually, what am I talking about? Getting a good Wi-Fi signal today can be hard some places too. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's the deal. Like it was a litmus test sort of thing to join the group. But then it was really great to like be with other hackers that were like like minded, and of course it like increased our ability as a team to be able to, you know, break into a wider range of things as well as you know share skill sets or you know combine to like really well really that's crack the, a lot of that's lot the of big stuff. thing right I mean once you're in and you're deep you just keep getting deeper because mm-hmm. this guy's got this you know you know password cracking tool and this guy's got this war dialer and this this other person has some way to enumerate systems and you know the super duper password scooper on the vms machines and all that i mean you just you just get exposed to it and i think i haven't it, but i think it, it i've just heard feeds of it but... itself right because the more you get exposed to the more you want to get exposed to yeah it's oh, yeah. very kids next yep. door i don't know if you ever seen that cartoon yeah mm-hmm. kids next door you seen that yeah, yeah. Right, maybe it's more oh, okay Okay, um, maybe I'll go back further. It's like kind of Voltron or something. <laughs> I think it's very 18. 18, there we go. That's an older reference. I don't use older references. I, I do teach some. I'm like a visiting mm-hmm. professor sometimes. So yeah, um, exactly. because of that, like when I'm talking <laughs> to younger people, like I just pretend I never heard of 18. Like I just start all my references from like 2010. Uh, I but, p- pity the fool that hasn't heard of the 18. 
<laughs> I know, I know. I love, I love, I love, yo, but the H team in a lot of ways is a, is the perfect metaphor, like in a sense, because each one had different skills, the pilot, the face man, the guy who plans stuff. See, one thing in a, in, on a hacking team, not only do you need skills, but you need, you need, you know, one or two of them to have like foresight, like to be able to see the big picture because you could break into mm-hmm. something. I mean, I know plenty of hackers, they broke into like amazing stuff, but they had mm-hmm. no idea what they had. Zero. They didn't understand its place in the world. They didn't understand the data that was on it. And you're like, you get it and you're like, step aside, son. Let me show you. There's a couple of times that happened. Like mm-hmm. somebody was like, could you take a look at this for me? And I'm like, holy shit. And like, you know what I mean? And it's like tough because it's like, how do you hand back fucking paradise to someone? Like, you know, they're going to wreck it. You know what I mean? Do something dumb with it. Yeah. Um, you know, like it was that Spider-Man corny thing, you know, great yeah. responsibility. It kind of like happened a little bit with that with us a little bit because I think, you know, there's a lot of sensitive systems we were in and, you know, getting them crashed would have been, you know, not good. Like, you know, means, yeah, you know, somebody could get hurt for sure. Well, how many members mm-hmm. were, was the MOD at its largest? Oh, MOD? I'm not sure. That's a good question. I mean, we had, you know, you know, we had, you know, core members and, and, and then we had yeah. like, you know what I mean? Sort of like satellite members and yeah. stuff. I don't know. Maybe... 18 maybe sounded like so that. pretty 20, pretty small 20. it was a pretty pretty tight group then it's not like hundreds of hundreds of folks yeah no 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 and the core was probably really small like five to seven okay. or something like that but one thing that we had that nobody had which is funny now it, it, i didn't we really didn't think about it at the time although we mm-hmm. definitely got a lot of a lot of shit for it was that we had like the, the i mean pretty much the most diverse group that ever you know what I mean? At that particular time, you may not blink an eye at it now, but back then, every, it, it, we like internally, we didn't like hang out and go, yo, it's one of, one of everybody in our group. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't right. like that. Like, yo, how did we get, you know, black, white, Asian, Latino and other ethnicities? And stuff like we were just chilling as you know peers and fun, but the most diverse you know, hacking group of 1991. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. yeah, baby. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't really. And then you know, like we had women and stuff. And I think you know yeah. a lot of it is that we we originated out of New York City. Yeah. So of course that changed everything, like how we viewed those kind of things, and you know, whereas like so a lot of other groups, you know, unfortunately, you know, and like ribbing us sometimes they. You know, would take shot at shot, you know, nasty shots at us about yeah. it, but mm-hmm, it, didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't really bother us too much. Because, like I said, it's just it's just funny thinking back then. Nobody said, "Yeah," it was just that's just what it was. But it was it, that part. But looking back on it, it was warm that everybody felt comfortable in our in our on our yeah. team. And and John, you guys would actually get together, right? Like a small group of you? Yeah, sometimes we would right. get together. Rare, I mean, and I know today would, you yeah. still get together today. You, I mean, there's a group ah. of you guys that still tries to connect. But I, I think back then you did, did you not kind of actually Yeah, sometimes we saw each, each other, other in person. And, yeah. yeah, sometimes I think, um, yeah. And I mean, you know, hackers get together sometimes and stuff, you know. Um, me, I didn't actually go to a lot of conferences and stuff. Because like I said, my relationship to it isn't as business-like. I did work in security for a while. The stuff that I like about it isn't 
what other people like about it. You know what I mean? Like I definitely, like I said, stay more on the, mm-hmm. on the hacker mm-hmm. side of things. Now I work more like on foresight related things what they call futurism or foresight, you know, for like think tanks, that's more what, what I do. Oh, cool. um, but, um, but in terms of like, like, you know what I mean? But like the security space, like my relationship to it is more on the thought side of things. I think, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not really into like management. I'm not knocking it. That's just not, you know what I'm saying? That's not really my mm-hmm. particular style. And also yeah. too, I can bring yeah. more to the table sort of. It's cool that you've been on all sides of it though. Right. And you, you've, you've had, yeah. you've had some exposure. I mean, you were, you were pretty young when you were on, on the cover of Wired, right? What, what were you like in your early twenties or? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe even I didn't, maybe I was just ticking over. I might have been nineteen. Or yeah, <laughs> weren't you, were, John? Were you not in like college or school when yeah, some yeah, of that was yeah, going yeah. on? Yeah, I was in school. Yeah, I lost my scholarship. I had to go to jail and stuff. You know what <laughs> oh, I mean? Kind of sucked. It actually, let me just say though, it's in one way it sucked. I had to go to jail, but in another way, you know, I made it. I made it fun. So it was. It was mm-hmm. fun. You know what I mean? I got in crazy shape and like, I was just like, you know what I mean? Having a ball in there, just fucking running circles around everybody. Nobody knew I was really in there for and stuff. Everybody assumed. Cause I'm kind of like a big dude. So like, I, they just assumed I was like, a bank you know robber. I mean? In there for the worst. <laughs> yeah, they thought they didn't for the yeah. worst stuff. So I robbed like banks, but I use a keyboard. <laughs> right, 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 right. And in fact, the warden said, like, yo, we, you, you, we heard you've been running the joint. Um, would they be following you if they knew what you were in here for? And I said, yo, man, it's too late. I got like a week left. We should have told them months ago. I'm out of here, baby. <laughs> but like I went back to school after that. It was okay. I mean, I don't think, like I said, for the most part, I made it fun for myself. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, not that it didn't, you know, suck in one way, but in another way, you know, it's just part of life, man. You know what I mean? Like, I had a fucking... Yeah, I, I definitely made it fun, fun as hell in there. Now, do you keep in contact yeah. with any of the folks during that sort of that great hacker war era on either side on, you know, Legion of Doom or MOD or anybody else? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, no, I mean, I, all right. So why don't we get into the great hacker war real quick? Oh, so yeah. Great hacker war, the great American hacker war that took place across across networks, international networks, X75 gateways, TCPIP, telephony systems. It was incredible. Now, there there this is my perception of it. You know, I think that like the hacker war was great. It, it was actually only like a few people in a way but mm-hmm. it did it did take place across several different networks, and it was a, it, to me it was a lot of fun. I think, um, of course, I say that because I was on the winning side in a way. But you know what I mean. I think it left no doubt who the best hackers were and stuff. I think it's you know what I mean. So I mm-hmm. think that part that part was great. I mean, I think that part made it kind of legendary. But yeah, I think it, it it took place over you know what I mean a couple of a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, there was an incident that happened um, that couldn't be cleared up. Like there was like some kind of phone call, a bunch of words was exchanged about who was the best. And you know what I mean? So I had to show them what was up. Yep. And then there was a part where, you know, somebody's phone got tapped. I'm not sure mm. 
Well, I went to jail, so I guess I could say it. But I, yeah, I've been clear on that crime. Um, you know, we tapped her phone lines and heard some shit and revealed it. And like, yeah, there was some there was some shit going on and um, that threatened to blow apart. It did blow apart the, the, the hacker community. It did. There was a mm-hmm. lot going on. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, some people were getting snitched on and some people got raided and turned in. I don't want to say any names because some of those people, I mean, it really depends on how you look at it. Once again, I mean, for me personally, this is my personal ethos. If you are doing illegal activity, but you want to talk to the feds and turn other young people in and destroy their lives in a balance for you to not go to jail, I think that's kind of, I, you know, I just think, you know, I think usually society looks at stool pigeons. You know what I mean? There's something that if you're always like, look, I think this is illegal and you always report, that's fine. I get that. No one, I can't mm-hmm. doubt that. But when you play both, something about that, playing both sides thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, you're a teenager. I'm a teenager, but I don't want to go to jail. So I'm going to turn you in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And ruin your life. Mm-hmm. And and I'll be cool, but I'm going to still do stuff. Like, that's, that's whack. But, you know, when you're young, you don't always know the consequences of your actions, both whether you decide to be a stool pigeon, you know what I mean? And I'm not talking about, and I'm, and I'm talking about somebody that's doing it, not because like there's pressure from their parents and saying somebody who decides to do it on their because, own. Yeah. Right. On their own. They just yeah. think I am smarter than the system. So I'm going to like become an informant and that will, they, I'm smarter than them. So they look the other way on my cartons. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, you know, it happened through history. I think it's just, you know, I think, like I said, history doesn't look kind on that. Well, I'd love to, you know, you you mentioned a little bit earlier your involvement with think tanks and some of these other areas. I'd love to get your perspective on the newer tech that's in mainstream now, whether it's AI, ML, whether it's robotics, quantum computing, all these things and kind of your take on this and, you know, your, your futuristic view on, is, is this the end of the world as we know it? Or <laughs> no, it's not what do you think? Well, there's, there's many things. All right. It's funny. Cause I actually, am on a think tank about collapse actually, but it's not the end of everything. I'm not an AI. First of all, my recommendation to everybody is just drop everything and learn AI. It doesn't matter how you come to it. Like, I think for me, like I instantly incorporated it into my practice. I mean, that's just in nature. I'm not like a, I'm an optimistic person, but I also, you know, like to stay on the, on the cutting edge of things. I think, Mm -hmm. but in a sense, in a sense that like, like, and this comes from the hacker spirit. And that's a part I, I, where I don't like when I, I, I've gotten into this, even on other podcasts, when I'm on there with like older hackers or people, they're like, ah, crypto, oh, this, oh, AI. And it's like, bro, like, this is the same shit as when, you know, when you were little, this is the precipice of something incredible. Do, now, what comes out of, let's, let's say, like crypto, for instance. Yo, crypto could fall, fall away, but something's going to come out of it that will be the next thing. And those people, mm-hmm. the people breaking the break, blockchain, breaking the, the financial tools, you know, they're cutting your teeth and you're going to have a certain skill set. You won't even recognize mm-hmm. the signature because you're too busy. Like, well, I'm above that. That's just tulips. All right, bro. All right, bro. As it's, it's chill. 
you are chill, but you know what I mean? But maybe you should think about not infecting other people with that if you are active in shaping people's opinions about technology because mm-hmm. you're giving them a fucking goddamn blank spot. And the same with like mm-hmm. robotics. Like robotics for me is a whole nother platform that can be hacked, could be exploited for good or for bad. I think there's, you know, whether you're on the hacktivism side or whether you're on, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. or, or, or just like, yo, I mean, just it, it's just part of an evolving security practice. I think it's important to understand that and how its role is going to play out. So for me, all surfaces are valid and like I explore, you know what I mean? All of them. Um, just like, you know, mm-hmm. how like, you know, obviously nobody knew that drone. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some of us knew, but you know, that drone warfare was going to be so effective um, on the battlefield. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. at some point you'll see AI be really effective in fraud in, um you know, inside of uh, both fraud as well as uh, breaking into systems. Like, I think, like, the evolving fraud that we had, like, it's so funny. Like, you ever seen the Jackal? Yeah. Data Jackal. Mm-hmm. Not the Jackal. Data Jackal. I love that, man. But remember when, you know, he has to go get a passport and it's so, the guy has to, like, painstakingly, you know what I mean? Make yeah. it the, the artisan craft. I mean, mm-hmm. he murdered him, but, you know, but he also tried to blackmail. But yeah. my point is, you know, it was like this craft, all that's out the window right now. It's all hologram, mm. blah, blah. But yo, now you could, you know what I mean? You could get AI to like synthesize that shit like that, including the fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think like, yo, you can like, like it's so like, not necessarily like the, the documents, but like one thing like I found interesting is like sort of like this time, there's like some services that when you do like a check where you hold up your passport and your in your face mm-hmm. or ID or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's like this, this trivial now with AI, you can replicate anybody's face and passport. Yeah. So if you got their credit card, forget it. You can get right around those checks and then open up yeah. your phone with the face. You can generate their face from a photo, any look. It's just not every direction and you can make it natural assist and you could clone the, the, the voice. You know what I mean? Yaki does that with a... Taylor Swift all the time. I always yeah, I, all the time. Taylor Swift. Why do you keep yeah. calling me? He's like, ah, now it's Becky. Uh, <laughs> it's me. Yeah, and now <laughs> you know. Now apply that to running through an entire company. You know what I mean? With the bosses, the boss on your voicemail, yeah. replicated mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, could you call back and leave a message here with your password or something?" Like, you know, you're gonna someone's gonna fall for that. They hear that boss's voice. You know, so in terms of like that, so that's why when people like do that they're like knocking themselves out but i also encourage people to do it to stay relevant you know no matter what you do it doesn't matter what your profession is like staying on top of that stuff especially you know ai and machine learning and stuff is only going to you know help you and enhance you you know and, and also too like i said if you're against it to me that's even more reason to learn it so you know how to disable it Yeah, so everybody, so everybody, uh, yeah, you probably can't see it, but but John's operating his uh, his very cool robot uh, in the background, which we love, and uh, we were saying that we've we've got a phosphorus version of one of those we call Password John, nice. um, because again, we we obviously there's all these 
X, we call it XIOT, all these smart devices and which kind of leads to, you know, and again, my gosh, John, we could just, we're going to probably have to have you back. We could sit here all day and, and he, hear you. Um, but, you know, you think in terms of the landscape and the mass, when you just kind of go down, say, to a 10,000 foot view of when, where you started and you come up right to 60,000 foot view of the landscape today of the threat surface and all those. Right. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about where are we today? How how greatly different it is and where it might be going as we look ahead given we were talking about ml and you know um uh, you know G, you know the chat gpt and all the all that stuff and the, the the blockchain and all of that can you talk a little bit about that yeah sixty thousand feet high well i think it's mm-hmm. interesting well one obviously ai is the most interesting part of it in the sense that it is literally going to change the landscape as people get really good at it and they're able to, you know, effectively use it to automate things. Like definitely, like there's also the like famous Morris Worm. Like I think mm-hmm. there's a good chance, you know, if you see like an AI, you know, generated worm, like the stuff that it'll be able to do and adapt to is going to be amazing. I mean, it, I mean, I don't work as like an IT administrator. They're gonna, it's gonna be their mm-hmm. headache. But for me, I'm gonna be like, that's fresh. I'm gonna love it. But I think like the idea, that idea is like, it's just that the ability to sort of mimic so many different aspects of digital abilities, like everything from images to audio to things we haven't even thought of yet, mm-hmm. that's really gonna be the amazing part like i don't i'm not like big on agi like coming anytime soon and being a threat i think the more immediate threat is just you know the democratization of ai usage and stuff i think mm-hmm. you know it's just one of those things and it's like you know it becomes sort of a bit of the tragedy of the commons maybe that's the wrong term to use here but it is a sense that once it becomes you know Everyone's going to use it. Everyone is going to use it to, you know, that means to cheat and get ahead in life. And then, you know, there'll be some that it'll be gray area, legal, legal, not legal. You know what I'm saying? Like AI mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. your resume and you get ahead at everybody. That's legal, right? Like you make the best resume possible. You know, now if the AI dreams and hallucinates and makes big categories for you, well, may, that's still not le- that's still legal, actually. You know what I mean? You could get fired, but it's actually legal to lie, right? Mm-hmm. On your on your resume, it's not you don't go to jail for it. Um, at least, depending on your, you know, obviously, if you're like a doctor and you service people, that's a different story, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, but in terms of like IT and coding, forget it. You could lie all day. There's no specific, you know what I mean? Back, you know, thing. But I think my bigger point is that that's. Uh, you know, that's going on. Then obviously the name of this podcast is IOT, like the number of service surfaces that is just increasing, like mm-hmm. everything from, you know, your phone switches, cars, like the initial hackers that broke cars, like they're superstars, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they just in- kept on increasing the number of electronic systems inside of cars. Like me personally, just so you know, I drive a car from the 90s, <laughs> I only buy 90s cars. I only want the most simplest computer in them. That's has something to do with the hacker side of me being able to like, you know, um, 
fix the cars myself. But the other side of it is that, yo, yo, the average car walking around is like a complete surface to like yeah. shut down yep. anything. It's only a matter of time before, you know what I mean? Yeah, they'll fix it fast, but yeah, what if you're the victim of a stolen car or a car that gets shut down on the highway at 80 miles an hour? Mm -hmm. like, I think, you know, I think in general, the proliferation of devices is on its way. You know, now you see the emergent AI embedded system ones. Mm -hmm. Like I know it's Rabbit sold out. There's a Humana pen. There's a bunch of other new devices. All that going to get incorporated the other thing that's interesting about about it too is that that's going to start bringing up things like data poisoning. Like for me, mm. just going back, one of the best hacks you could do if you're of if you have the ability to do it is to compromise source code at the you know at the at at where it's stored at because then it goes out and get the the hole goes out mm -hmm. to everybody, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, this is this is advanced hacking. This is not you know what I mean. This is not your checklist shit that people do with their little paper, mimeograph paper. This is the real shit, right? But the thing is, with AI, you could do data poisoning, which will be easier to do. Like, mm. you, can, you know, the sources that they pull from, if you poison it, and when I say poison, you know, it's not like cyanide or something, but like you could change the things that the AI reports, and that could be really effective and hard to track down and reproduce. But many people who are now trusting that system are going to be like, what the heck? Because that's one of the things about the AI. It's really based on this huge amount of data and, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. in our collective, you know, cloud situation. And then, you know, but anyway, I could, I could go on off on this sort of thing. That's like yep. two you know, sort of high-level high, high mm -hmm. level things um, going on. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there is some ideas of data poisoning now, but, like, it is going to become a refined arts and for sure. Wow. Well, there you have it, everybody. We heard it from the source. John Threat giving his predictions. John, again, it's, it's just been just so uh, awesome to have you. We're going to have to have you back. We could sit here and talk all day. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're out of time. Before we close out, John, I mean, you have a presence. People can find you. Where can our listeners who are like, my God, I, I got to like learn more about you. Where can they find you and follow you? Do you want to just tell them the top places it can get you? Uh, I guess you could do John Threat at, uh, on, you know, there's the website. I think there's a there's an Instagram John Threat and I think there's maybe a Blue Sky or something. But I will say that, like, I'm not super active on mm -hmm. social media. I write for a lot of places and stuff, um, but like I don't really you know, post a lot. But that'd be and also too, I'm cross discipline. So that also is a thing. I mean, one thing is, though, is still you should. This is something I'm thinking about, though, just throwing this out there. I actually been for a project I had. I had like a I, I belong to like a bunch of signal groups. Like you ever been on like WhatsApp groups? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about like making like a signal group because I did it successfully for two other projects that I'm involved in where like like minded, smart people who just share links and stuff so i am thinking about that but one way to know about that would be either follow me on twitter mm -hmm. ox i think it's called mm -hmm. or instagram and then when i make the announcement for that that could be 
you know, really good. And then, but you also get to see some of my like film stuff or stuff that I teach yep. or stuff that I write and stuff. So amazing. Robots. Amazing. Well, when you announce that, John, you're going to announce it here on this podcast. So it's an amazing discussion. John yeah. Threat. Thank you so much for joining us today. We, we, we just excited to have you. We'll have you back again. And again, remember everybody, the IoT Security Podcast is brought to you by Phosphorus, the leading provider of proactive full scope and unified security management for the extended Internet of Things. Thanks again, John. And until we meet again, I'm John Vecchi. And I'm Brian Contos. And I'm John Threat. Peace. Yes. <laughs> and we'll see you all next time on <laughs> Phosphorus Radio. Thanks for listening to this episode of the IoT Security Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe so you can join us again. While you're at it, leave a review. Find out more about IoT security and the podcast at phosphorus.io. See you next time on the IoT Security Podcast.